0: Hello, and welcome to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, to navigate, and to break through this ever-changing industry. I am your host, Bridget Height, and you can support this podcast by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on our website, or really wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there hanging out, talking to industry leaders, and ready to empower you to grow your business. Now, let's get On Point. So today we welcome Derek Clore, president of Clore Insurance Group in central Indiana. Derek, thank you for joining us thank today. Thank you
1: for inviting me. So
0: thank you for being here, and uh, we are going to talk about how you have successfully grown your business and what you've learned along the way. Great.
1: <laughs>
0: so let's get started with our discussion. Let's talk about why you decided to buy a business and how you went about doing it
1: the reason I bought the business may not be the textbook reasons that some people do buy business. But um, frankly, I bought the business because I was the vice president of a bank and we merged and my career path changed as a result of that merger and I didn't much care for it. And so I decided I'd ask my insurance agent if she ever thought about selling her agency. And um, I hadn't sold a lick of insurance in my life. Didn't know the first thing about the insurance <laughs> industry. Uh, and as I had said before, I probably had more ambition than brains, um, but the rest, as they say, is history. So That's great. she was in the process of wanting to retire, and it worked out. Nicely. And you
0: jumped in head first. That's correct. That's awesome. Well, um, looking back at your experience buying a business, what advice would you give someone who's looking to do the same? Anything that you would you would do differently?
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> there are always things you'd do differently. We've been very blessed. Uh, as I explained before, uh, we've grown exponentially over those years. Uh, certainly, we've made some mistakes. So there, you don't have enough time on this podcast to talk about all the things <laughs> I should have done differently. Uh, fortunately, we had enough good people and God's good grace that we were able to overcome those uh, hurdles. But I would just say, um, do your homework, know your industry. I, I was very fortunate that I had a strong network and a community where I uh, grew up and that carried me a long way. Um, but do your homework, know the industry for sure. That seems like it's business 101. No,
0: that uh, makes but, sense though.
1: You know, When I walked into the little one person shop that I bought, there were manila folders stacked up on the floor and post-it notes on file cabinets. And um, I didn't know what a train wreck that could have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, so know the business,
0: I guess, before you dive in, Ed. That's first. good advice. Um, so after your purchase was complete what would you say was your first major growth strategy when did you say okay now i own this business how can i now begin to grow it
1: well again this isn't a podcast that you're probably going to be proud of because (laughs) you you're wanting all these tidbits to help people and and uh, the reality is initially my plan was hey i can do it Mm -hmm. i'm going to go out work everybody you know, I'm going home at dark when everybody else is going home at five. Uh, I know a lot of people and again, a lot of ambition, maybe more so than brains, but I can tell you that only carries you so far. And so as we began to grow, I think what, what really was the catalyst for me to understand that, listen, we need to be more uh, thoughtful in our planning was when I began to hire people and I knew that it wasn't just my future, but theirs that I was impacting. Mm-hmm. And so we had to be a little more, as you say, scientific in our methodical in our planning with a purpose. Mm-hmm. So, and as we grow and, and Oak Street helps us do some of that, um, we know that we're accountable, not only to our employees, but to Oak Street and everybody else that partners with us and believes in us. So we do have a plan. Uh, and I would just say that, uh, you know, business owners, whether it's insurance or otherwise, when, are all at risk of the business outgrowing their acumen Hmm. Um, and so you've got to sharpen the saw and you've got to constantly ask questions there are plateaus you hit and when those plateaus are hit and you start to slow you have to take a hard painful look in the mirror and say okay what am i missing what am i not getting it's easy to go out there and pull the data and do market share analysis and your market penetration and say, hey, I want to set this goal. And if I set this goal, every salesperson knows how to work backwards from backwards from a sales goal. And, you know, it's, it's business one-on-one, sales 101. But do you know how to look at the tools, the systems, the procedures, the policies you have? And most of us don't, especially the, those of us that have never done it before uh-huh. in, in an industry, and so you got to go get help. Reach out to people find accountability partners find people that are doing it better than you longer than you that you aspire to be like and model them tony robbins got famous and wealthy off the whole modeling uh, notion philosophy and it's true don't try to reinvent the wheel
0: right surround yourself with those who surround yourself with
1: those people say a lot of prayers Mm -hmm. and and uh keep people in mind we have a philosophy in our business uh, that we will take a good night's sleep over a dollar. And that guides us on all we do.
0: That's great. Um, so you have grown the business from one to six agents. What is your hiring philosophy?
1: Uh, I hire people who love people. Hmm. I don't, every time I've tried to hire a salesperson, it's failed. I don't, it's probably my fault. <laughs> um, but if you hire, listen, first of all, let's, let's, let's get technical with this. If you own an insurance agency, the number one contributing factor to the value of a book is retention. Retention is service, and service is hard for people, mm. okay? Principal agents like myself are really sales oriented. I love sales, I'm decent at it, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a misnomer, it's a misconception by most principal agents that they wanna load the wagon, load the wagon, load the wagon. Yes, we do, I wanna do that too, it's part of growth. But listen, if, if every time you sell an account two are walking out your door, you're not growing so i think our focus has been to hire people with a heart for people uh, traditionally we've hired people that weren't experienced and we taught them mm-hmm. uh, i made an exception to that recently and just hired somebody with 10 years experience and i will admit it's a lovely
0: experience
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you, yeah. fi- do
0: you find that you you tend to hire people that you recognize qualities of yourself in, or do you? Oh dear
1: God no! <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you you hired those that you 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 uh, that have qualities outside of your own. Um,
1: yes, the latter. The I, latter. <laughs> I feel like that. Um, yeah, I definitely look for people that that probably have some. I mean, I. I i'm not gonna sell myself short i do bring some good qualities to it but but honestly you know most leaders i'd say they find people mm-hmm. that do things that they're not good at right, right? Uh, and it's not that i don't love people i absolutely love people but i think that i hire people that i can tell first of all that they, they, you want to hire somebody that presents him or herself uh, in a professional way that who can learn right but you can tell in an exchange at least i feel like i can if somebody, we where their value set is. Mm-hmm. And we have a culture in our business that has really lent itself nicely to retention. And that culture is that our, our we take care of our clients. And that's, that's become such a trite phrase, I understand. But, that's
0: uh, that's yeah. great,
1: though. I'm, I'm battling on it.
0: No, no, no. Everything you're saying makes total sense to me. Um, so, a hot topic for many business owners today is talent hiring and retention, just as you said. So, what advice do you have for other business owners as far as retention is concerned?
1: So, retention of employees? Yes. Yeah. So, well, we live in a, a challenging time, all right? And, and by that, I mean, we're coming off a season where corporate America has changed. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing people that felt cornered in a remote geographical location with an employer who now can get a job working remotely anywhere in the world. Now that's going to come back to bite these big companies that are recruiting. Oh, you think? Really? Hands down. Here's what's happening. And I'll get to the question. I'm I'm famous for avoiding (laughs) the question. But what's happening is these people are being recruited away. And they uh, have have been lulled into this false sense of security that technology replaces relationship. Mm. Okay? And these people are working from home, and this isn't a popular answer, but you can only do it so long before it starts showing through. You lose the charisma, the dynamic of being engaged with your fellow professionals and keeping yourself sharp. How quickly, how how you think, what you learn, how you learn dynamically on the job, all of those things. There's going to come a time where companies who were lulled into that false sense of security realize they have lost a lot in their service, and they're going to go back. They're going to. It's going to come back, and when that happens, those people that are lulled into that are going to
0: are going to be scrambling. They're going
1: to be scrambling. So the question again was: mm.
0: uh, So, what advice do you have for business owners yes. as far as retention is concerned? You got to help me along. The way. <laughs> that nice. You got it.
1: So, um, I do think it's important, especially as a small business owner, which a lot of the insurance agencies are mm-hmm. small business. We have to find ways to create value in that relationship, and it's not always money. Again, business one hundred and one tells you. That HR 101, that, that salary income is not enough to keep a person right. in a job. So creating flexibility in a job without mm-hmm. going so far that you lose, that you do what I just talked right. about, right? Working
0: in a vacuum Right. Um,
1: so there are lots of ways to do that. First of all, education. I think education is very important. People are more satisfied who are continually continually sharpening the saw and becoming better, are learning more. Right. Um, <laughs> And then being flexible i mean we have we're a family friendly friendly agency so i have a, a standing i guess policy that listen if you've got a thing you need to go to for your kids your grandkids and you got a dart a couple hours early because their games away go That's so important right? this is we are this is not where life begins and ends right. right this is part of what we have to do um being liberal with vacation mm. uh, i just think Making it family. I know that sounds small-minded, but treating people like you want to be treated.
0: That makes total sense. Nobody wants a
1: boss. That's the other thing. We don't allow anybody to call me the boss. Oh. I don't want a boss. Nobody (laughs) wants a boss, right? We're
0: accountable to each other. So you're not Mr. Chlor at work?
1: (laughs) I'm a lot of things. (laughs) I'm saying Mr. Chlor is often.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how do you determine that a growth opportunity, like a potential acquisition, is right for you? Mm,
1: That's a great question glad you asked that thank you yeah i'm really glad you asked that because i i I had this conversation also i think that when i bought my agency i think a lot of seasoned agents would have looked at the deal and and probably scoffed at me a little bit uh, and what i paid okay and the joke would have been on Mm them i think that people get caught up in looking at multipliers and they have this preconceived notion that hey this is the this is the top multiplier I should use, whatever number that you want to use. Really, it's all about return on investment Mm -hmm. and cash flow. If that deal cash flows, and I'll get into some other things, but if the deal cash flows and your return on investment is sound, Mm -hmm. all right, it's a good deal. I don't care what the multiplier is. It doesn't matter to me what that multiplier is. If you go out and spend a million dollars on an agency and you put a hundred thousand dollars down and you don't grow it a dime, And in 10 years, you've pulled out some small amount for yourself. Let's call it, let's call it a half a million over 10 years that you've pulled out, or maybe 250,000. It doesn't matter. And you haven't grown it a diamond. You sell it for the same million. You've just pulled out one and a quarter million dollars on a $100,000 investment over a 10 year period. So you tell me, does that sound like a good investment? Yes, it does. Okay. (laughs) Um, I want, to, I want to just take a step back, though. There are a lot of other things to it besides finance. So you can have a, a deal where the numbers look good. But if you get out over your skis with regard to book size, let's say. Mm. If you're a million-dollar agency and you're trying to buy a $5 million dollar agency, you've never really been down that path. You don't know what it takes to do that. Or if you have totally different carriers and there's not some commonality on major carriers that are contributing to most of your book size, that can be problematic. Or if you're buying a book that is, that you're not staffed for. In other words, if you're not buying staff with it, that's seasoned and able to, to perpetuate the service, Mm -hmm. you better be bringing staff with you with the time and experience to do that. So it's, there are a lot of dynamics. It, I, you can make it sound easier than it is on a piece of paper looking at numbers only, but there are a lot of dynamics that can take it from good to bad. Is the book makeup similar to your own? Is it largely commercial or largely personal personalized? Uh, if it's the opposite of what you're used to doing, again, another thing that can create a problem. Like most agents, I think, probably know those things, mm. but you know, we can be overconfident at times.
0: <laughs> Okay, so some business owners may not be able to grow through acquisition right away. What ways did you grow your business through organic means? Yeah,
1: so I think to me, the most important thing that we did was we branded um, our primary carrier. I was surprised when I bought the agency. There are a lot of different answers to that, depends on the situation of the agent, right? they really our, our agency was really obscure and I never understood why because the, our our primary carrier was so much better than the competition so much better and so I went to work right away at branding that carrier and highlighting to the public the differences and when I say highlighting I mean using local papers and radio for press releases whether it's awards or whatever the case may be through social media I mean multiple marketing approaches, billboards, Friday night lights, right. you know, the things that you do, sponsoring the halftime free throw contest, things like that, but, but more importantly, I just feel like getting big, bold messages in the paper and on um, ads saying, hey, this is totally different. What's under the hood? And that's the thing that people don't know. And when they buy insurance, they assume that what's under the hood is the same everywhere. Yeah. And it is so wrong. And you'll find out at the worst possible time when you file claims. And so I think that's part of it. Um, we've done a lot of press releases to highlight and brand what makes us better and different uh, and driving home um, confidence, trust, mm-hmm. through third-party validation. That's really important. So when you can say, hey, look, a lot of times people want to say, hey, look, this this carrier, I represent ABC company, and they're this big. I was always taught, if if you try to sell me on something and i can turn around and say so what you just tried to sell me a feature rather than a benefit so what what's the benefit of that? okay so those kinds of things
0: okay um as we wrap up our time today what final advice would you give other business owners looking to grow their business
1: um wow well, yes yeah, tough questions <laughs> I should know that Heart right hitting. away. And <laughs> that's why you had me into it, right? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think to constantly put a mirror in front of yourself, and by that I mean go to people you trust mm-hmm. and find accountability partners that are doing things that you aspire to do. One of the things I've found, I've got a few people like that that I'll call up and say, hey, here's here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I think we should be doing. What you'll find out is you're getting some things right. I've been surprised at how many things we're getting <laughs> right and sometimes those people like are like really wow that's a great idea mm-hmm. right so but obviously other times those people are like look we've been there done it you know maybe it'll be different for you but it didn't work for us so is
0: this competition that you're talking about are you calling? Yeah. okay
1: yeah uh, i wouldn't call it competition i would call it my friends that are in the same business okay there's a lot of plenty of business to
0: go around sure okay i have one more question yeah. for you so what <laughs> what your your what do you think you would want to be remembered for? What's one thing that you would want to be remembered for? What is your I legacy? I'll tell you some things I don't want to be remembered for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, you know, I just um I want to be
0: known as a really
1: good guy. I think I want I want my clients to say I was there for them. I want my employees to say I was there for them. They could count on me mm-hmm. when they needed me. Um and that I'm really fair and I try to approach business, whether it's with a client or a team member with their best interest at heart. Uh, I learned from a farmer that I used to that I sold insurance to. Um, He said, you know, he learned that he would he would do a little exercise and put kernels of corn out there and ask a potential business partner to split the corn up between them. And if it looked like that uh, the guy or the gal pull all the big curls over there so he wouldn't do business with it. So um, I guess that's, I kind of try to want to, I want to be that way. I, I used to really, as a young man, a lot of business owners, ambitious entrepreneurial spirits, pride themselves on getting the best end of a deal, right? Right. I don't do that anymore. I, I don't want to ever feel like I entered a deal with somebody and I got a better end of the bargain. I want it to be very,
0: very good for everybody. So that's—I guess—that's a long answer. No, you know me by now. It's right? a great <laughs> answer. <laughs> I, mean, <long> answer. So. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, thank you, Derek. Brad. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you all for listening to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how to stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I'm Bridget Haidt, and tune in next time wherever you listen to podcasts as we begin season three. See you then as we get On Point. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review.